Good evening or morning or afternoon. So we were going to do another relationships. Relationships don't work. Talk number two. So I don't really need to say a lot here other than what I'm about to say. Relationships dynamics are set up on the basis of some kind of a project that we might have. We're, we're married, we're, we're, uh, we're talking to our supervisor, we're talking to our coworkers, our neighbor, brother, sister, all, all the different relationships that show up in our society and in our culture and in our sangha, for that matter, our spiritual community. There's a lot of ways of talking about it, but the one I, wanna, I want to point out this evening is the way in which we produce. Whatever shows up in the apparent other person or situation, we produce, we start thinking about it, start start talking for that matter, start coming to conclusions about things, uh, whatever is happening there, the production part. And not just hooking up your vocal cords and talking, but just looking at another person immediately, we start to produce ideas, concepts, come to conclusions, evaluations, judgments about the apparent other. And of course, uh, Perhaps you'll remember something I emphasize all the time is just receive. And you you train yourself to do that by being all alone or pretty much alone and to sit down and watch the way you continue to produce and produce and produce and produce. Thinking about this, thinking about this, thinking about, thinking about, thinking about what you're thinking about, thinking about what you thought about, not thinking about what somebody thought about what you were thinking and told you about it. Well, I know what you're thinking. The other one is it's quite humorous if you reflect on it, but I don't want you to think that I don't like you, something like that, as if you had anything to say at all about someone else's thoughts. We don't even have anything to say, any direct access to, but we're thinking about our own thoughts, so to say, I don't want you to think, think, is a big, strong assumption about the nature of thinking, the nature of identity, and the nature of apparent separation between human beings, between people having a conversation, between all the different ways in which the con conventional relationship arises from man and wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, friendship, supervisor, employee, etc. It's on and on. It's all over. So when I say they don't work, I'm not saying they aren't workable to some extent, that we can't work in that area and, and try to be more um, respectful to other people's production, other people, what they're saying, to fundamentally listen to receive what people are saying or receive what is what they're doing before we jump to the conclusion, uh, go away from what they're doing into what we think they're doing, go away of what is showing up into some ideas, some concepts, some opinions about it. Creates more and more circles. Even agreeing with someone, if you just agree, if you're just agreeing to get along, to, to try to create some semblance or some even um, makeshift or arbitrary friendliness, not so good. Not so good to do that. Better say nothing at all. There's a lot of room there for questions. If you have them, I can continue. I can also, um, we can take a look at this relationship. 
see if this works. Go ahead, Chazon. I was wondering if you kind of step into a territory or, or do something that kind of crosses a line in a relationship. Is there a way to step back from that after you've done it, bowing? I feel that there is. If you see that you've, what is a conventional word, crossed the line in some area, yes, you could. You could step back. You could say, uh, you could apologize once. As you've heard me say before, one apology, you probably mean it. Two apologies, you're looking for feedback. You want to be let off the hook. You want to be forgiven. Apologies, forgiven. A little bit of that is good. It's just being polite. But too much of that is all about reinforcing that apparent self-centeredness, that apparent person who has to has to apologize or the person who has to forgive. This is all just perpetuates the misunderstanding. There is, there even is a person that there even is a singularity called you or me. Look closely. How do you look closely? Train your mind to see what comes and goes and comes and goes and come comes and goes, rises up, goes away, rises up, goes away. And notice how we grasp at some things, reject other things. Our relationship to our thought patterns alone are enough to indicate to you that relationships don't work. That's a really good, strong example of it. The relationship that you have <laughs> to your mind, it's called conflicting emotions about the nature of reality. To, to feel, think, or assume, or conclude that something is wrong, something needs fixing, and on and on and on. But yes, to come back to your question, Keep it very simple. You step for too far into into a situation, stepped on somebody's apparent toes, something like that, and you you notice that you if you've gone too far, you could you could say, "Whoops, excuse me." One time, and don't wait for a response. Don't wait to see if they say, "Oh, that's okay, no problem, you're good." They may say that, but it means nothing from the point of view of what you're doing when you say, excuse me, or maybe I said too much, or perhaps I've gone too far. Perhaps I've misunderstood what was happening. Say it once. Yes, sir. Uh, Kirk Bowing, Kirk, you've apologized um, to somebody and they've accepted your apology, but somewhere down the line, it's brought back up and kind of put in your face again. What do you do with that? You just receive it. They, they might do it transactionally, but uh, they haven't really done that because they're still hanging on to it. But they do it transactionally because you've offered an apology and they say it's okay or no problem or you're forgiven. They might even say you're forgiven. Maybe, but it's not in your power to forgive anybody. If you think that you can somehow forgive somebody, this is a big misunderstanding. The very nature of self-centeredness and ego is to think that you can apologize or that you can be forgiven. I'm not saying you wouldn't do that because it's uh, situationally, uh, it's uh, uh, we have to operate from where we're at and we're not completely clear. So a little bit of that is okay. It's when we go overboard that it becomes all about us instead of actually about apologizing. And that's probably what's happening in that area, perhaps. But when you say, what do you do about that? Don't do anything. Just listen. Just listen. And you could, you could, to, you could pacify, but it seems like a 
uh, uncomfortable situation, you could pacify it a little bit and say, I see what you mean. Or I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're what's what your problem is or what is upsetting you but you wouldn't necessarily have to apologize again they don't want apologies they want you to grovel they want you to just fall down and be miserable because of the terrible thing you've done to them complete misunderstanding of dependent origination there's no one to blame for anything if you think there is you'll suffer and you'll cause other people to suffer even if it's obvious and it's evidence and they have it in the courthouse that this person abused that person. I'm not saying we shouldn't protect ourselves from people who are insane and are hurting others, of course. But to think that they're fundamentally uh, bad people and that we're this wonderful saintly person who has only had three evil thoughts in their life. No one can let you off the hook because you aren't on a hook. There isn't anyone. This doesn't mean that you might have events or things in your life that you're ashamed of and the shame just doesn't go away. <coughs> I wouldn't be too concerned with that. There's fundamentally no one. That shame is another way of grasping at itself, just like pride is another way of grasping at someone. This person who is slightly better than everybody else, or if they are corrected, they immediately get very, very defensive and start to explain everything, why they did things this way, and can't you see how I'm not wrong here. You're, you're the one who's misunderstanding my intention. Can't you see how genuine I'm trying to be? Relationships don't work from the point of view of our wanting it to be workable. That doesn't mean that we can't interact in such a way that we're not causing harm to others or to ourselves or adding to the chaos. Like uh, um, Constanza in Germany was on the uh, as it is meditation was asking about the whole polarization in, in Europe between Russia and Ukraine. There's not a lot that's that's been going on for since the beginning of this time, that kind of conflict. There's nothing we can do to step into that as a politician or as a um, some kind of a movement and do anything about that. It's already as a kind of momentum. It might as well be a landslide or a, a volcano. It's already kind of flying through the air. It's dependently risen. But what can you do? Train your mind so you don't add to the chaos. So you, you, you are responsible for the chaos happening in your mind. You're no longer spitting it out on others in order to get rid of your own chaos. If it's arising in your mind, I don't care how negative it is. It, is, it needs to be there. Not because you are bad. Not because, because, because. Just because it's dependently risen and there's no one there. No solid being is there. It just feels like it. It's called illusion. And it's been taught down through the centuries, not only in the Buddha's Dharma, but in other uh, traditions also. The Advaita tradition of ancient India. The Upanishads talk about this same situation in a different way. But there's no one fundamentally to blame. John Bowen? Yes, sir. Uh I have a question from, uh, I think, Sunday. Uh, at the beginning of the talk, you, you quoted Trungpa Rinpoche saying, uh, the best relationship is no relationship. I did. And I was curious where you got that quote. I don't know. Do you know? I don't. And uh, I thought it was curious because 
um, he was in hundreds of relationships. Well, and he talked and taught and wrote about relationships a lot. So it sounded, I don't know, it, it didn't sound like it came from anything I'm familiar with. Well, perhaps I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I could have gotten it from somebody else. I could have invented it. So I'm probably wrong about that then, John, if you don't remember it happening. <laughs> well, I'm certainly not a not a, a fail-safe on that one. But, uh, but I thought it was interesting because uh, how much he focused on relationships, you know, both uh, what doesn't work out and uh, ways in which relationships might be workable. He liked that term a lot. Which you've used too, which is a good term, it seems to me. Yeah. yeah, things are workable. They don't work, but they're workable to some extent. We can at least get by. We can try to be polite to one another, even though we're full of uh, anger, resentment. We can we can attempt to be uh, civil to others. So uh, I, I that I'm I, I felt when I've used that in the past, I, uh, I felt pretty strongly about that was a quote. But you know, uh, it's possible that I misunderstood or misread it or misquoting it. Uh, but I can tell you this, that uh, I agree with it. Best relationship, no relationship. Can I, can I say something? Well, you about and I this? have a different view on that because I sure, don't, I sure don't agree with that. And I think it also makes him sound a bit like a hypocrite because of how no. invested he was in relationships. Okay, well, let's, we don't know about him. He's gone. I was endeavoring to quote him. And uh, perhaps, uh, you know, I, I could even say I stand corrected then. I don't know. I didn't, maybe he didn't say that. May I, may I say something? Who is speaking? Uh, Jonah. Who's, who? Jonah. All right, Jonah, go ahead. Jonah, go ahead. When I, when I knew Trump or Rinpoche, it was towards the end of his life or the last few years. Yes. And, I, and I found that more and more he was in relationship with the Dharmakaya or basic space. <laughs> and he was not really in relationship with others from the perspective of a personality. And I think that he transitioned through his life where he was much more in relationship with people when he was younger as a person. Yes, sir. And Thank you. Yeah. Do you have a question, sir? Do you have a question? No. No, okay. no you just have a statement. Okay. Just a comment. Okay. I'm sorry. It's a good, it's a good no, no. It's a good comment. I just, I just wondered if you had a question about it. It's a good comment. I don't no, agree. That, that, I don't that's agree. all I wanted to say. Thank you, sir. I don't agree with that. I believe he was in a relationship to uh, alcohol at that time. I think he used alcohol to be in relationship with space to dissolve. Perhaps. 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 <laughs> you know, uh, Jonah, we don't know. We don't really know. We barely know who we are. And to project onto someone else, even if they're a Dharma teacher, is incredibly uh, uh, knowledgeable and clear as the Vidyadara was when I met him. When I met him, that's exactly the person I needed. And he basically, that's why I'm still alive. <laughs> Because of him. So, Unse. Unse Brian, what is meant by no relationship? Uh, no emphasis on other. The other is your projection. Anytime you see anybody, if, as long as you see someone else, 
This is a projection. If you see what is there, you're looking at yourself. It's the mirror like Samadhi. It's always a mirror. There's no one else but this. And it's not an identity. More? You, you see someone else. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Go ahead. So then what do you mean when you say the best relationship is no relationship? Is to say there's no, I mean, it's just a way of talking about it. And I, I thought that I had heard uh, Trump Rinpoche say that or quote or come up with that out of a, something that he wrote. But I, as I, John says, he didn't think he said that. So I'm, I could be wrong. I don't know. You say that you like that, though. I do. That's why I, that's why I repeat what I thought I heard. Maybe I thought of it or maybe some other person did. I don't know, but it's it's like no relationship. There's just this. You just receive what is what is there. You're always receiving your own mind. You're always receiving your own projections. That's why I say, sit down and look at the, at the wall, and you'll see all the confusion that keeps coming your way, and it'll try to sort itself out because it wants to preserve what the imaginary self that is unreal and that is uh, is connected with the body mind complex and thinks it's going to die. Go ahead. So when you say best relationship is no relationship, are you saying that there, there isn't, um, it's, not, uh, it's not possible to have a relationship with other, fundamentally? It's, it needs to start out as some kind of relationship, but eventually the understanding transcends that the separation. So it becomes like you're always looking at yourself, you're always looking at an aspect of yourself. They're still separated because there's a body here and a body here, but you see that you're really no different than that, that other being, that other person, not separated fundamentally. You may know more about that than most people. You just don't think of it as information. I believe that quote is from one of the seminary transcripts. Which one? I don't remember which one. Will you find out? I'll try. You could. I have all the seminary transcripts here. It could be. It's probably in something that's a little bit more obscure that's not actually published, something I, I ran to a long time ago, uh, if it's even there. And John may be correct. Well, if you're willing to pay the money, there's a searchable database of the uh, transcripts out there. I think uh, uh, Larry Mermelstein and those guys put it together. Yeah. So, but, you know, even then, we're not sure exactly what he meant by that. And, and I, right. I agree with you. He was very much, in, very much invested in all kinds of relationships. So, so if he did say that, then uh, um, so it's hard to know what he meant. All I know is that somehow meant something to me. And that's helped me a great deal to understand that when you look at somebody, you're always relating to your idea of them. So the best relationship is. No relationship. This doesn't mean you're not just going to sit down and have coffee with them. You're not going to swap stories or hang out and gossip or whatever you do. But the fundamental understanding is completely clear. You're not separate from anything. If you think you're a separate being, you'll suffer and you'll cause other people to suffer. That needs to be realized. If you're interested, then I'd say... Train your mind. Spend some time totally alone watching the mind stream come and go and see if you can find a self there. That's what I would say. Are there any other questions? Sure, Ryan. Um, I just sent a text from uh, Chogyam's Collected Works. 
And there's a sentence in here that says the relationship between us and our world is no relationship. The relationship between us and our world is no relationship. Okay, well, maybe, maybe you said that that way and said it some other way at another time, or maybe not. It's, it's no relationship because you are this world. You are this. You're looking at yourself all the time. I, I'm totally certain of this, but I'm also not totally certain that Kung Fu Rinpoche said whatever he said. I don't know that. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> I don't have a very good memory. I, but I, I'm not, what I'm telling you right now when I'm looking, I'm not memorizing any damn thing. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the very mirror that is talked about in the song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi all the time. I probably don't sound like it because I'm just an old man. I'm looking at it. If you're interested, train your mind. Train your mind. Don't, don't go into relative truth and try to sort figure things out. You can't figure this out. It's unfigureoutable. You can quote me. Uh, John Bowing again, um, part of what uh, came through the other night that I thought was very powerful and particularly personally meaningful to me, as you know, is that um, relationships don't last because of death. And it's always very difficult to think about that or to contemplate that or, to, or even acknowledge that in a relationship. It's very difficult. It is. Oh, I thank you for that. That was very good. Certainly. Appreciate it. Certainly. Excuse me. Question from Adriana. Adriana. If relationships don't work, why do we have so many of them? What should we do instead of relating? Is relating different than being in a relationship? No, you continue to do what you're doing. Just see the fundamental nature of it. Continue to relate. Continue to have breakfast. Continue to get married. Continue, continue. Do whatever shows up. Don't fight with your life. Don't agree with your life. And don't miss your life. What shows up is your life. So, but the, under, the fundamental understanding is there isn't anything else. And that takes a while of looking at the otherness in the terms of the own, uh, your own mind. Watching the mind stream. Come and go. Come. Fall away. Get worse. Get better. Become neutral. And then it gets worse. Then it gets better. I'm sure you all have noticed especially those who've been meditating for 20 or 30 years. This does not improve. If it improves, you're not talking to me. You're talking to someone teaches meditation in a way that where you get better. You have stages of getting more and more clear and more and more fancy. Go ahead. How can we relate directly in a relationship that isn't about improving or getting better? Don't do anything with it. Just keep meeting that however it shows up. That's where you meet it. So if you meet it where it's at, you won't meet it where you think it's at. It's not easy to do this because that other person may not be so agreeable with you. You have to meet it where it's at. Yes? How do we do that when we're not clear about who's in front of us? Then realize you're always wrong. You're always incorrect. There's no way you can be correct. You just said it yourself. You're unclear with who is in front of us, then you're, you're going to be wrong. So, so don't produce, just receive. Receive what's there. Receive how their ears look. Receive the tone of their voice. Retrieve, receive how their body position changes as they talk or as they make a point. Receive what is moving in the mind stream and in the life stream. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. And certainly don't ignore it. 
in order to protect yourself from the unknown, from protect yourself from an apparent future. More? Shogamang, if we do end up having to function, is there a right or a wrong way to function in relation to what we're receiving? Don't add to it. Whatever you receive, don't, the way you know that you're not adding to something that you're receiving, you know, you're not uh, also subtracting or judging something you're receiving, and you're not shutting down or, ch or chopping off parts of what you're receiving because you only like one part of it and the rest of the part you're going to ignore. The way that you know that you're doing that is you won't know what you're doing or what you're receiving. If you know what you're receiving, this is confusion. You, you actually transcend what is known. You transcend your own knowledge about everything. If you, this doesn't mean you don't have access to them. You might have more access to your knowledge because you're no longer operating out of hope and fear, right and wrong, back and forth. You don't have to be right. You don't care if you're wrong. You're not concerned about protecting some kind of imaginary being. If you're on this path, then you're operating out of a vow. And that vow is what? Save all beings. How that looks for you, how that looks for me, Unyo, Yuzan. How that looks for others is going to show up different depending on the karma that brought you into this life stream in the first place. You might become a monk. You might become a, you might plant cucumbers. You might do any number of things and that's a totally valid thing to do or to, to live by. More? Well, goodbye. So what you were just describing is that the um, kind of relationship we can have with the teacher is one of not knowing, not trying to um, nail anything down or create an understanding? Just Yeah. What else? What else is there? Something else? My, fun, my question is, is um, how is the relationship with a teacher, someone who sees what this is, if you're relating to a teacher, you're relating to your mind. If it's a true teacher, that teacher is always, always mirroring back to you who you are, what you are, and how you're functioning. Always, always, always. And they're not even trying to do it. They just have stopped seeing themselves as separate from anything. So therefore, how they function to the person at the gas station is going to be totally ordinary. They're just going to just function. The only time they'll function differently is if there's a true student. If there's just somebody who wants to hang out and shoot the shit, they can do that too. They have no nothing invested in their their identity as some kind of a fancy monk. They only show up as that mirror when someone comes as what? A student. Someone who's on receive 24-7. On receive. They're receiving, receiving, receiving. And suddenly they run into someone who... What they produce is the truth. This is what I found with uh, Vidyadara. <coughs> I've been on receive uh, uh, the attitude of trying to understand receive for years and years. But when I met him, what I received, not only did I receive him, I started to receive what he was pointing at, which was my insanity. But when I was around him, all I felt was how crazy I was. Why? Because he was, <laughs> the only thing he produced was the truth. And the way he did that is he received who you were, and then he produced something, but it was just a mirror of you. More? Goodbye. So then, um, 
it, it is just a, our relationship with the teacher is receiving ourselves. Well, it's a re receiving a teacher because you still are not clear about uh, self and other. You're still you're still working with the the dualistic understanding uh, based on samsara, based on cause and effect, based on right or wrong, success and failure, life and death is the big one. You're still operating with that. Keep coming. So then we're, when we're um, relating to the teacher, we're um, seeing our projections and seeing the truth about ourselves. Probably. And so different with each person, because some people are, are opening, opening, and trying to, endeavoring to, through the sitting practice of meditation, trying to see as clearly as they can whatever is arising in front of them. And that, to have a true teacher is... As a, as a catalyst for doing that, if you become a true student, which means receive. As has been said in the tradition thousands of years ago, uh, everything is preaching the Dharma all the time. Everything you look at is saying, not separate, not separate, not separate. There are no separate things anywhere. Everything preaches the Dharma. If you look at it, if you hear it, if you smell it, taste it, touch it, if you think it, if the, uh, nothing belongs to you anymore. This doesn't mean you don't own a car or lock the, the door in your in your home doesn't mean that you're going the other direction where you're some kind of a transcendental hippie what? further questions another question from adriana what does it mean to relate when i am only receiving doesn't relation require that i participate or produce sometimes in order to be reciprocal sit more Sit more. Your, your, what your question, Adriana, is just telling me you need to sit more. You're, 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 you are locked down on your idea of relationship, and you're already just validating the whole structure that I'm telling you is uh, untrue. So in order to in order to see more clearly what this is, sit more. Then your question will change its shape, if you even have one. I don't believe anything I say. You find out. I'm not here to convince you. This is not an advertisement or anything. People grasp at the advertisement rather than what is being talked about if we were to talk about having a sign for what this is. Sometimes called a Mahamudra, a great symbol. This is a great symbol for reality. Further questions? I like some really hard ones now. It's been pretty easy so far. Doesn't anyone want to ask something that... Uh, Paushan, go right ahead, Paushan. Paushan bowing. Um, it's coming from down under? Yeah. Yes, okay. Go ahead. Um, I can... <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, how do we see what this is when all we receive is our own confusion? Yeah. Continue to look at the confusion without objecting to it, without agreeing with it or justifying it. And without shutting down, turning it, turning away, or distracting yourself into something else, this is what the sitting practice of meditation, as as I present it, shikantaza, this is what this does over time. It takes a long time. It's not going to happen in a few years, I don't think. I don't know. There's no time frame on it. But sit down, hold still, watch the movement. So when you get off the cushion and interact in your the rest of your life, you're there's a stronger you have a stronger tendency to just see what is in front of you rather than what you think is in front of you. 
Because when something shows up, we, we immediately laminate it with all kinds of judgments, prejudice, and so on. And even though it can be very minor, just a little, a little bit of something about not liking uh, the way someone talks or any tiny little judgment keeps us away from seeing what this fundamentally is. More? Valshan Bowing, is it helpful to set a specific intention before sitting? No, just just set the intention to sit, and then follow the instruction. Very simple. Sit down, hold still. All the senses are open, particularly the eyes. Just and just uh, just receive whatever shows up in the mind stream, the life stream, in your living room, in your zendo, or in your anything that shows up. Just receive it. Just see it. Just be aware of its movement. An emotion, a thought, a memory shows up. Just watch. Don't grasp. Reinterpret. Translate into some other language. So on more. Okay. Jessica, go ahead. I think you said near the beginning of the talk something about relationships being workable around a project. How is a relating to somebody workable if you don't have any? similarity in the project that you're working on, or I, I don't, it's not a great way to ask the question, but sorry, Bowing. Well, I probably don't have a great way to respond to it either. So I'm just saying, just do, do the best you can. There's always a, a workability to things. But when I say they don't work, uh, what I'm addressing here is, is everybody has run into a situation where no matter what you do, it just does not work. It just, it's like time's up on that. That isn't going to work. It might've worked or appeared to work for three years, but it just, it's not working anymore because of causes and conditions that are quite often completely outside our purview. We can't see it. Anyone who's been here or anyone who is here who has been married and gotten a divorce or separated or something will know what that kind of, that, you might be able to say, well, it's because she said this or she started doing this or they, that's, don't settle. Don't settle for some kind of simple rat reason behind any damn thing. It's it's more complicated. There might be something to that reason why that why that relationship broke down, but the the, the situation behind that is vast and unpenetrable, and and you can't source it. You can't find the source because of dependent origination. It just looks like there's a source. This is a belief in the illusion called relative truth the, to believe that you're here and you have some say so about this. A little bit. There's just enough say so to think that we, we could probably figure this out or we can probably get a handle on things, all those, and maybe a little bit, and but you're not going to be able to get a handle on death. Death is coming. And I'm not particularly trying to be negative. I'm just saying it's coming probably sooner over here than over there. But it doesn't matter. It's not important. It's an aspect of life. It's, it's the other half of life. Life and death. You can't have life without death. In the, in the conventional sense that we talk about. Question from Naveen. How about the relationship to ourselves? Is it also better not to have any particular relationship with ourselves as well? So it's a little abstract to say that, don't have a relationship with yourself. But I would say just watch what happens in the mind stream. And if you want the, the idea of a relationship, then I would say uh, less is better. Whatever shows up in the mind stream, don't accept, don't accept, don't accept anything. Don't object. And don't agree, or ignore, rather, or accept. Agree, accept, same thing. Just watch what moves. 
And it, it kind of depersonalizes. That's not something you, de- you can deliberately do. But when you notice in the, when the mind, what comes and goes in the mind stream, if you grasp onto it and try to squeeze a story out of it, some kind of a melodrama, it will, it will react and it will, it will, uh, it will produce that kind of, uh, uh, situation that seems valid, seems real, seems justifiable, seems like, uh, you have proof that they did, she did, they did. The problem with that is it just creates more circularity, more suffering and a stronger, what? Ego. Even the ego who is very happy and shining and it does good, uh, is still ego and it is still going in circles. Goes into heaven, goes into hell. Goes into heaven, goes into hell. You can disagree, and what will I do? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Perhaps what I'm looking at is incorrect. For the question, go ahead, Ed. If, if, uh, is there a distinction between understanding and, and awareness? Well, you have a couple of words. Understanding is is to have some kind of clarity around a particular situation. The fundamental understanding uh, is that, that nothing is separate. And so uh, an awareness that is a, a, about what is coming and going, it can eventually uh, show up as that or as wisdom or as, com- or as com- clarity about what this is. Even though you haven't gone anywhere, a, a halo has not appeared in the back of your head, but you see what this is. It's a very tacit understanding, very simple, direct perception of what this is. And it's quite threatening to the ego mind that is as fear of being wrong or looking bad or all of that. So those two situations are not, not interchangeable and have different facets to them that we could talk about it, but then it gets very conversational. Jason Bowen. Jason. I'm thinking about that the idea of the best relationship is no relationship. And I'm wondering if you can kind of see that or kind of hold that idea lightly. Does, does that allow space for the relationships that we do have for us to work them and help make them better? Is this like you're maybe make you can work on them and do better but not necessarily strive for the best i'm bowing yeah i don't know maybe the the thing that's being pointed at as far as i can see assuming don't said that what it looks, looks like he said something like that is that that they're empty the relationship is empty of your perceptions and your your ideas about it. there is something going on that on a, on a certain level could be called relationship, of course. But what it fundamentally is, uh, is not uh, two different things. It's not, it's not as separate as it appears, like this is over here, and this is the producer, and this is the receiver, or this is the questioner, this is the answerer, or some kind of, uh, it, it's not that, um, it, it doesn't lend itself to some kind of uh, a possibility of manipulating things into getting better or, get, or not getting worse. That's completely outside of our, our purview. We, you can't actually, um, <laughs> you could clean up your act. You could get a good job and stop, uh, stop drinking so you don't get tickets or have your license taken away. I'm not saying you can't do things like that. That, of course, you can. But the spiritual path is about seeing the truth yourself. It's non, non-theistic. doesn't mean there isn't some kind of a deity functioning somewhere. 
but you're not approaching it that way. You're approaching it. You're going to see what this is yourself. With a, in this case, with the support of a 2,500 year old tradition that is saying that is saying that uh, everything is dependently risen. There's no individual coming from their own side as a solid, separate being. That's an illusion. If you realize that, if you fundamentally realize that, you're liberated. Whether you're a Buddhist or not, it doesn't make any difference. If you realize that every singularity gets its apparent separation from everything else. You can't, something can't exist just on its own. It, it exists because of everything else. A simple image for that is just that you, you can't be here without your exact mother and your exact father getting together at an exact time. Has to be that. You change anything like that and you're not here anymore. Something might, somebody might be here, but it won't be you. There'll be another combination of causes and conditions that thinks it's a somebody. <clears throat> Go ahead. When you say uh, relationships don't work or the best relationship is no relationship, are you encouraging us to not have relationships? No. You should definitely have relationships, but you should look closely at what they are. You should be in a relationship. You're in a relationship. You're in a relationship to this teacher. You're in a relationship to other people in the Sangha. Your relationship to your mom, your dad. We're in relationship to if you you're in relationship to the person that just put the splint on your leg and repaired your broken leg. You're in a not saying that at all. I'm just saying look at the nature of the relationship, and you 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 it can't you can't have. Um, um, I I don't know I, I can't come up with a way of conceptually talking about it without tumbling down into the relative right and wrong situation. There's, you're just looking at your own mind. When you look out here, you're looking at your own mind. So there isn't any, there isn't any other. It's empty. This is a traditional teaching. It's not something I invented. But everything is empty. It's not only empty of self or ego, but it's empty of other. Everything else is without any specificity as far as being uh, a solid, ongoing individual. And <coughs> it just looks that way. And, it, and we will defend that. If we're attacked, we'll, live, we'll defend that. Instead of just seeing that uh, we are uh, uh, not threatened. If you attack someone who, is, who sees what this is, I'm not saying they won't fight back. They might punch you. I'm not saying they won't run away. But it would be much different than someone who, is, who is actually feels threatened and is going to defend themselves. Question from Udi. What does it mean for a relationship to work? It seems like there are so many things unfolding throughout our relationships. You could uh, do. You could be married to somebody who, who just everything is very balanced and works very well and complimentary. So it could seem to work, but it fundamentally doesn't work. There's not there there are, there are no separate beings anywhere. So it fundamentally doesn't work as otherness is. I'm here and I'm really getting along well with this person or we're really getting along well. Yuhang is leaving just so everybody knows. <laughs> He's bowing out. He's at, Yuhang has had enough of this. He's been listening to me all day. Any further questions, final questions or what have you? Anything at all? Does looking at this help us see how we're constantly looking for like a reference point from something? Yes. Yes, looking at 
always looking for some kind of reference point, some kind of support for how we feel, what our beliefs are, if we have beliefs or what our, our, our preconceptions about how things should be, how things should be. We're looking for something to live up to that. We're setting up standards. Don't set up standards. That doesn't mean uh, ignore rules of the road or ignore uh, just uh, civil discourse. doesn't mean ignore that. But setting up any kind of a standard creates uh, uh, some kind of polarity that, that has to do with more with our self-centeredness. Excuse me, but rather than some kind of a fundamental uh, support or fundamental uh, be with all things, save all beings. I have, uh, I'm wondering whether it is possible to have any relationship without separation. Isn't that that uh, relationship imp um, implies two? Yes. So, following what you what you said, um, if there is no separation. This would be, wouldn't this be the best relationship? Bowing. So we're not saying, we're saying the best relationship is uh, things are not fundamentally separate from each other, but they're relatively separate. That's why it's called an illusion. That's why it's so difficult. That's why it has to be an understanding that you, as a living being, as a separated being from your mom and your dad and from the rest of the people around you, you realize that your fundamental nature. That means the nature that you are, not the one that came up at your birth, the one you've always been, your true nature. To use in our tradition, we call your Buddha nature. You've actually returned, you returned to your actual true nature before the body has gone back into the elements. That's possible. It's possible to have that. It's not an actual occurrence. Uh, so much as just what occurs is things stop occurring. What stops occurring is the cover-up, covering up your true nature out of fear, continuing to cover up your true nature because that's just too much open space. And the ego mind gets uh, uh, agoraphobia from that kind of spaciousness. But if your aspiration is to see your true nature, then you'll just keep going. You'll keep continuing to look at the mind that closes down, the mind that closes down, the mind that covers up, covers up. If you watch what covers up and you don't try to stop it, if you watch what covers up and you don't try to explain it, you don't try to fight with it, you don't do anything with it, the war is over, then you, you will realize your true nature, which is not an actual realization. It's not an event. It won't show up on the radar screen. It's not a blip. Thank you so much. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them. 
If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.